If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 through 6. I want you to notice the, uh, well, it's the, my Bible, it's all capitalized, but I see it's not up there. I don't know why, but that's all right. The word let is capitalized. You know what that means to me? I give permission. I give permission. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Remember them that are in bonds, as bond, as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity, as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man can do unto me. Father, I thank you for the privilege to stand before your people today and to try to proclaim your word. The Lord, I pray that you would speak through me. Lord, I ask you to get me out of the way that your Holy Spirit might have his way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. In the Bible, there are no divisions between doctrine and duty. Now understand, between doctrine and duty, there are no divisions. There are no divisions between revelation and responsibility. These two, they go together. You can't have one without having the other. These verses that we've read show us the evidence of faith that should appear in all of our lives if we are really walking by faith and not by sight. You know, I like to see where I'm going, okay? Now, that might be on a funny note because I'm getting where I can't see where I'm going. <laughs> I, I don't drive at night hardly anymore. I, I let Lynn drive. And, and the red letter edition in, in, in my Bible where it shows that Jesus is speaking, the red runs together. And, uh, hey, this morning, well, it's all black. I'm, I'm doing all right. But, you know, we need to live a life that is solely dependent upon the Holy Spirit of God to guide, direct, and guard us. I can't do all of that on my own. Oh, I can attempt to. I can attempt to, but it, it doesn't always work out. You know, some people say, well, I got this. Hey, you, you don't, don't worry about me, I got this. Well, how are you doing with it? If you got it, how are you doing with it? You know, if we would admit it, not all of us are doing that well if we as individuals think, I got this. I got this. You know, I realize sometimes, hey, I may think I got this when I don't have this. 
Let me just share with you, I, Jesus never fails, and neither does he change, but I, wanted to, I want us, us to think about something for a moment. Enjoying spiritual fellowship. Enjoying f- spiritual fellowship. I'm going to give you some things that are real simple, very simple this morning. If you want to enjoy spiritual fellowship, first of all, don't stop loving. Verse 1 is very plain. Let brotherly love continue. That, that, that gives no exits. That gives no detours. That gives no layovers. That gives no stop in place. Let brotherly love continue. Now, brotherly, that is Christian love, okay? Me to any of you, Christian love. You understand? Brotherly love. Now, that's not, that's, it's opposite of that when you think of loving the lost, okay? They're not brothers, they're not sisters in the Lord. They're on the lost side. But our Lord commanded us to love the lost. Listen, you cannot win a single person to Jesus if you don't love them. Well, I got 14 marks on my Bible, you're number 15, and I'm here, I want to see you get saved, and I want it to happen right now. Well, my goodness, you're barking up a wrong tree, man. I'm not going to do what you say. I don't even like your attitude, especially your tone of your voice. Brotherly love, loving one another. Now, here's where, here's where uh, as the saying goes, rubber meets the road, all right? The Bible says, how can I say as a Christian to you as a Christian that I love you when I can't stand to be around you, when I don't want to cross the same street that you're crossing, when I have uh, seen you, how can I say that and I say I love God whom I've never seen? You don't get it, does it? It won't work. It's not supposed to work. Let brotherly love continue. In other words, I am to love you regardless. You're to love me regardless. As far as the lost, listen, we must love them if we want to see them saved. And I've told you many times, I'm telling you again, if you, if you don't have at least one lost person that you're praying for or working with, then you ain't doing your job, and neither am I. What are you telling people out there? What are you telling about your church? What are you, what are you telling about life? When somebody is struggling with life, and hey, life is a struggle, amen? I mean, I don't care who you are, where you are, life is a struggle. Many times during the day, Lynn will say, I say, no, I ain't all right. What's the matter? I say, I can't see, my knees back's hurting. No, I ain't all right. But I got to pretend I'm all right anyhow. I mean, who wants to hear about all our ailments, okay? How you doing? Now, you don't care what you're asking me how you doing for well, we are. We are concerned, or else we wouldn't go to the hospital. We wouldn't go to the rest home. We wouldn't go to the home. We wouldn't show up at the funeral because we do care. Let brotherly love continue. I simply say, don't stop loving. Love the unlovable. Love should start in the home. A tiny little baby that cannot say anything that you can understand, 
that I believe that God puts in them, they can sense if they're loved. If they're loved. Let brotherly love continue. I believe it needs to start in the home. I believe it needs to start in the home between the, between the mama and the daddy that the young and see, hey, my daddy loves my mama. My mama loves my daddy. They, they need to see that. They need to hear that. They need to experience that. But let me tell you something. They hear the fussing and the fighting. Hello? Well, that's okay because that's human nature. But they also need to hear and see, honey, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said what I said. I shouldn't have done what I done. I'm sorry. I beg your forgiveness. Hey, if they don't, the youngin leaves home. Hey, he thinks fussing and fighting is in order. So it needs to start in the home. Don't stop loving. Secondly, second verse, don't overlook strange situations. You see what the verse says? Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. Who are these strangers? They're messengers. They're messengers. Um, they're God-given. The Bible calls them angels. Another interpretation, another uh, translation might say messengers, okay? How did you arrive here this morning? Somebody invite you? Or did you just drive by? I've had people come in and they say, we're just driving by and we knew it was time to go to church. We always go to church. We saw this church and we pulled over and here we are. Well, praise God. How will they be received? If there's love in the home, then the love comes to God's house. And then when those who visit and come into here, they'll feel and sense the love that you and I have, not only for one another, but for God Almighty. Hello, y'all, come on. The only one awake. Don't overlook strangers. Let me say this. Don't overlook a strange situation that God might send your way or mine. You see, God's in that business also. Ascending situations that really don't make sense to us. It don't have to make sense if it's from God. Okay? It don't have to make sense if it's from God. But just accept it. Be there for it. And entertain those. I don't know. Um, um, Ken, is Sue, Sue not here? All right. Wednesday night, I said, uh, Sue, uh, we were in the commons. But I said, what's all the bags for? She said, those are yours. Mine? She said, yeah. She said, really, they're for the homeless. And we know you always running up on homeless. Said, we want you to put some of them in your old van so you have it. I love it. I done put them in there buying a sausage, soda crackers, a little sweetie, and a bottle of water. I can live on that. Hello? Now, some of you said, have you ever read on the can what's in that? <laughs> Don't read the label. <laughs> hey, I've learned, hey, if the sun shining, put them on the dash, keep the van closed up. Come dinner time, that juice is thawed out. Everything is warm. And I say, hey, the last thing out of that can is, ha, <laughs> 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 Don't forget those strangers. 
Because I says to, my, to Austin, I said, Austin, go to the van and get this man a can of buying of sausage, a pack of crackers, get him an oatmeal cake and get him a drink. Took off up there and went and got it and gave it to the man. The man said, thank you, sir. He might have been a jerk. He might have been a flim flam, okay? Don't make no difference. He said, I'm hungry. Jesus said, I was hungry and you didn't do nothing about it. I was in jail. You didn't even write a card. And they said, Lord, I don't remember this. He said, if you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, if you've done it to these angels unaware, these strangers unaware, these messengers, if you've done it to them, you've done it to me. Praise the Lord for those bags. There's still some back there, by the way. Don't be ashamed to pick up one. If you're out and about, you will find a homeless person. You will find someone who is hungry. He said, well, I don't believe he's really hungry. They said, hey, I've told Lynn many times, I see that sign on the side, we'll work, we'll work for food, we'll work, whatever. I said, you know, that could be me. I could be holding up the sign. I could be trying to find a place, find a place to sleep. I asked this one old boy, I said, where are you staying at at night? It's cold as it is. He says, sometime I, I'm able to get in the library, just wherever. I've been working far. They call it the Vidoc. You ever heard of that? Anderson, Murray Avenue, goes over the bridge right there. Railroad train goes up under there. They living all under there. All under there, they living in there. Over here in Seneca, down behind Lowe's, they living down in there. Go down there, take a bag. Hey, how y'all doing? I just, uh, I just wanted to bring you by something to eat. Here's your bag. God bless you. Hey, man, who sent you here? How'd you know we was in here? <laughs> My preacher said, don't stop loving. Don't overlook strangers. Listen, third thing in third verse. Don't forget those who suffer. Verse three, look, look at it. Remember. Remember, remember, remember those who suffer. Now, suffer for Jesus' sake, okay? Some Christians today are persecuting for being a Christian. I've run up on some of them. When we'd be overseas, they say, hey, I cannot tell my family I'm saved. If I do, I'm out. They'll have nothing to do with me anymore. I, hey, None of my family has ever resented me for being a Christian. None. We weren't, I wasn't born in that type of situation, but I could have been. So we don't need to forget those who suffer. You see, suffer, suffering comes in all kinds of ways. Some people are suffering today because of loneliness. That might be you. They suffer because of loneliness. They suffer because of loss of loved ones. They suffer with those they sit with. Who are you sitting with? I'm not talking about in here. But who are you sitting with during the week? Do you know anything about them? Are they suffering? Some are suffering with pain in their bodies. I know about it. Terrible, horrible. I, you know, hey, I could take all kind of drugs, but... I choose just to put something on there and rub it in. Don't always help it. 
Might make it feel better. I think sometimes it's in the smell, don't you? <laughs> it's got to fix this, man, the way this smells. Well, don't forget those who suffer. You know, many times we pray for that sick person. But how many times do we pray for those who are sitting with the sick? They, hey, they're suffering too. Time is being taken out of their life to being given to this person. They're suffering, and they want this person to get well. Hey, my life is not my own. Do you understand? If it was, I would still be out yonder somewhere rambling across the United States instead of being your pastor, okay? I don't mind telling you, I was called to this church, not by choice. Don't stop loving. Don't overlook strangers. Don't forget those who suffer. A fourth thing, listen. Don't have a third party in your marriage. Look at verse 4. Marriage is honorable. I am so blessed to have the wife I have got. I started seeing her when she was 12 years old. I watched her grow up. I couldn't wait till I could say, I do, I will. Hey, come on. She said, will you do it again? I said, I'd do it sooner if I could. Marriage is honorable, and I am so proud of the one that God has given me. She steered my life in the early years, okay? I was one of those like Rusty. I had gotten saved at 12. I was in there and out of there and in there and out of there, hot and cold, in and out, on and off. But she was on track. On track, got saved 12 years old, Ridgecrest. She wasn't even supposed to be up there. Hello. She wasn't even supposed to be up there. But a GA leader saw her activity in church and how faithful she was and says, Lynn, I want you, said, you're not eligible, but I'm going to take you to Ridgecrest. Nine years old, she got saved. Wow. I'm so thankful. But there needs to be no third party in marriage. Let me tell you something. If there is a third party, and there should be, that's God. In fact, I think sometimes he shouldn't be the third party. He should be the first party. First, Jesus said, put me first. And everything else will work out now according to his will. Didn't say it'll work out perfect as far as you and me go, but it'll work out perfect as far as his will goes. High in the world, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to experience it. High in the world can a man who has a wife go off somewhere and sleep with somebody else and then come back home? I don't know. Hey, it happens more as much in Christian, so-called Christian homes as it does lost homes. If you're not happy with your mate, then fix it. And you can't fix it by leaving it alone. I've had people, couples say, well, we're just going to separate for a little while and see if it gets better. It ain't going to get better if you separate. Separation is what the devil wants. God wants you to stay together and work it out. You know what? This day and time, it seems it doesn't matter. If this don't work, I'll try another one. Like trying on shoes. 
Well, this don't feel right. Why don't it feel right? Well, it's too tight. You're smothering me. You're pushing me. Okay, what would you want me to do? You tell me what you want me to do. I, I don't know. Maybe it's medication. I've been having wild dreams. I mean wild. I'm a fighting and kicking, and you know who sleeps with me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I tell her, I said, look, I'm afraid I'm going to hurt you bad. I said, you know, we got two other beds in this house. I said, if you want to go to one, she said, if I go, you'll be right behind me. <laughs> so I choose to endure it. You know why? Because she loves me. Third party. Let me straighten out some words because some people don't seem to understand what these words mean. Fornication. What in the world is that? That's sex outside of marriage. Get it in your mind. Fornication, sex outside of marriage. And God does not approve of it, period. Okay? What's adultery then? Adultery is sex between unmarried, married but going out with somebody else. Do you understand? Adultery. I'm married. If I go out with somebody else, I'm married. I have a wife. I've committed adultery. God's not happy with that. I don't care who says what, doctor whatever on TV or all this junk it goes. I don't care what they say. The Bible said it is a sin. Hello? I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's high time that we became men and women of God. And if it ain't working, fix it. What do you do with your car when it ain't working? You take it somewhere and get it fixed. You might tell you it ain't worth fixing. Let me tell you, the devil will tell you about your marriage, it ain't worth fixing. Best thing you can do is get out. Well, sometimes that's the only choice. Okay, hello, listen to me. Sometimes that is the only choice. You can't make somebody stay with you. You can't make somebody love you you can pray for them. You know, this is silly, okay? This is off the wall, but I had a little dog named Ty, little bitty scat fratchet. I mean little. He wanted to go everywhere I go. One morning, I didn't take him with me. He loved to ride. I didn't take him with me, but I was just going right up the road to the St. Paul Baptist Church right in our front yard almost. I'm working away, putting in some foundation vents, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw something coming wide open. It was him. Boy, he run right into me, licking and rolling around. I said, boy, you ain't got no business up here. Well, he didn't pay me no attention. Directly, I saw him out at the road. I called him, Ty, come here. He came over to me. I said, you better stay out of that road, boy. A little bit. Somebody come around the corner of the building, said, is this your dog? Ty committed suicide. Why did he do that? I mean, he had a perfect home, all the food he could eat, loved, come in the house when he wanted to. Why did he do that? Why do people do what they do? The devil. I ain't saying the devil had nothing to do with Ty, what he done, but the devil will work on your life. He will work on your marriage and have you at the point that you think, hey, I can't do anything else. Well, you know, I, I've known many people who could not control their 
mate and they just had to back off and let go. I heard a sermon one time and I don't remember all the details, but it says Christians in hell. Christians in hell. And one of the things they talked about was a marriage where nobody was happy, but they were trying to make it work. Notice what it says. Marriage is honorable in all, the bed undefiled, but homongers and adulterers, God will judge. Don't have a third party other than God. Well, verse 5, the first two parts of verse 5, don't want what you can't have. Bible talks about covetousness. Oh, if I could just get what they got. I've heard people say, and I know they're just making a statement. Oh, I'd love to have your money. I said, well, if you had my money, what would I have? <laughs> hey, well, I wouldn't have nothing. Oh, he said, if I had your money, I'd burn mine. Well, I don't know about that, you know. Covetousness. Oh, I'd love to have that truck. Man, I want that truck. Where do you take this truck? Truck ain't for sale. Oh, yeah, it is. And he go on and on and on. I've heard people say, finally. I said, what'd you do with that truck? I let him have it. I sold it to him. Don't want what you can't have. Look at, look at the verse. Um, verse 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. I'm content with what I have, even though Lynn said it's all is a lot of junk. By the way, if anybody heard that the American Pickers is going to be, uh, where is it? Uh, hello, come on. Huh? Myrtle Beach. I thought it was closer than that. But anyhow, one of my friends have put my address into them. I don't know who done that. Put my address to them. I understand they'll be contacting me. They can come if they want to. I'll be harder than some of them old codgers they visit there. <laughs> Covetousness. Be content with what you have. I am content with what I have, and I'm trying to get more. Our little youngest, uh, not the, the second youngest, uh, well, not quite the youngest youngest, but the, uh, the eight-year-old, he stood in the carport in the garage one day. I mean, like an adult, he's standing there like this, and he just looked, and he said, Granddaddy, what are you going to do with all this stuff? I said, I'm leaving it to your daddy and your Uncle Josh and you and bro. Y'all can do something with it. <laughs> I won't take it with me. Well, I tell you what's the truth. Now, listen to this. If I could know when I was going to die, okay? Let's say the Lord said, now, Kenny, tomorrow, 12 o'clock, you'll breathe your last. You'll be out of here. You'll be in heaven with me. But, Lord, I ain't got time to pack up all this stuff. (laughs) What if we had to do that? You either going to pack it up and take it with you, or you're going to leave it here for somebody to squabble over. You're going to leave it here for somebody to squabble over because I didn't bring anything into this world, and I certainly won't take anything out of this world. All right, let, we got to go. Yeah, we got some people wanting to go eat, and I am one of them. The last, last word is, listen, don't forsake the Lord. Look at, look at that verse 5 uh, again. Um, 
for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So, verse 6 says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Why fear when you can pray? Hey, be a witness. Be one that says, hey, the God loves you. Just like you are, he will take you just like you are. I have been where you are. That's how I know he will take you as you are. Don't, don't forsake the Lord. He loves us. Stay in touch with the Lord. Stay in the battle. Listen, I, at 71, I've come too far to turn around now. I've come too far to back up now. I'm going I'm to keep going as long as I can. Don't forsake his house. Bible says that. Reach out to others. Listen, people need the Lord. And you and I are that, that angel. You and I are that stranger. You and I are that messenger that needs to carry the message. Okay, you want to have spiritual fellowship? You got to do all these things. Or don't do. Don't do. Don't do. Don't quit doing this and that. Do it. And do it for the glory of God. Let me, let me say something right quick. Do you know how it disappoints me as your pastor when you're not back on Sunday night? I'll be honest. I'll tell you to your face. It disappoints me. I'm going to tell this real quick story because the deacons know it's true because I told them. One Wednesday night, Mark didn't have choir practice. I didn't see, I think it was one choir member that made it to Bible study that night. And I stood up before our Wednesday night crowd. I said, have y'all heard about our choir? Everybody's on the edge. I said, our choir's resigned. They ain't going to sing no more. I said, how would I know that? I said, where are they? Where are they tonight? I also told the deacons, I said, boys, the next time our church has a singing on Sunday night, I ain't coming. Well, they looked at me like, are you crap? What's wrong with him? I said, if I'm not preaching, no use me come, is it? I said, when we had our meeting and there wasn't no choir, not one of you was in the Bible study. You got to tell it like it is and tell it out of a heart of love. Hello? Right? I mean, why cover up? Junk. Get it out there where we can see it, where we can talk about it, where we can pray about it, and where we can do something about it. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your holy word. Thank you for these that are here today. God, I, I want to just thank you and praise you for, for who you are to me. And Lord, for taking me a nothing and, and attempting to preach through this. God, I love you and I thank you and I praise your holy name. For I ask it in Jesus' name, amen.